You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to another episode of Uncensored, brought to you by our friends over at GunBroker.com. The spot to go get your turkey gun if you have not already done that. Maybe you need a new choke and some ammo. Turkeys are out. We saw turkeys. All yeah. three of us saw the same turkeys <laughs> on the side of the road this morning out puffed up and Derek said they're lecking, which is new terminology for me. I've never heard of that. As of they're establishing their lecking orders. So, like, um, so it's like a fancy way of saying pecking order. Yeah, pretty much. But it's how a Chinese just, person says. Just, you know, oh my god! <laughs> All right, <laughs> uh, lecking order. <laughs> uh, no, it's just what they do this time of year. Because, uh, as our good buddy Paul Campbell knows, because he got you know just crucified by the internet about a year or two years ago talking about this conversation. Um, we we're talking about this, but. In your turkey world, like, really only your very dominant male turkeys are going to be doing the breeding. Um, the other ones might get lucky from time to time. But for the most part, it's the dominant ones. So that's what they're doing right now is establishing who's the dominant one. So Paul Campbell got crucified because this was when he was talking about shooting. Shooting a Jake because yeah. he said that that Jake will never breed, <coughs> which he's not wrong. But, like, there there is the one maybe percent chance that that Jake will breed something that season. Yeah. On average. Yeah, but he, uh, the people of the internet did not like him saying that. So. Well, if you don't like Paul Campbell, I got a problem with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's apparently what they're doing. They're out in the field, puffed up. And I've seen them out there since second week or so of January, which is when I brought this up to Paul. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it seems early for any sort of strutting. Um, but yeah. They're all puffed up. Uh, that one has a massive beard. Yeah. He's thick. Just a paintbrush. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a big bird. So, yeah. Head on over to Gunbroker. Get your turkey stuff ready to rock. I was down speaking of turkeys. And Paul Campbell. Did you meet and up Paul, with him? I did for, for a brief moment in time. Yeah. Um, as soon as I got there, walked in and got to say hi to him for a little bit. He's Dude, he's just buzzing. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> he's just lit this up. This is Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, yeah. man. He's uh he's obviously the, like his goal there is raising money for the NWTF and he was well on his way to his you know getting to his goal or to his amount and he didn't reach his final goal but he raised a bunch of money for him but you know he's you know he's smiling he's got yeah. his sport coat on it's early <laughs> in the morning he's rocking his readers because we're getting old and he's looking at something like yep he's uh he's in his element right now oh, just yeah. just vibrating at the NWTF show so. I went down there on Thursday, the first day that the the sports show is open, um, and I've been to the show before. It's great crowd, ton of great brands are there. 
uh, get to run into a bunch of friends from the industry and say hi to people. And, you know, we've kind of seen people at a couple of shows shot in ATA throughout the year. So it was good to see some of them again, but tons of stuff going on. And, you know, it's funny if you haven't been to that show, you will hear Turkey Yelps in your dreams that night it's just like after turkey season or like middle of turkey season for me yeah because you're hearing turkeys for real and you're calling so much and i'll be laying in bed at night and i'll hear like a far off gobble yeah where did that come from it's uh it's a remarkable thing for how much energy and excitement there is for the wild turkey at that show but um tons of duck calls too Mm -hmm. tons of them so that's kind of what the the backdrop for the trade show or the show floor is turkey calls and duck calls um some really cool stuff montana knife company was there which i don't think i've ever seen them at a show before they had kind of a small selection that they had brought with them because this is a consumer show so people are selling um but yeah tons of tons of great energy really like really like that show got to see our boy rick i was gonna ask if you met up with Um, rick too some of his turkey calls that he had entered for the the competition and um I actually ended up taking my sons with me so they could experience it mm-hmm. and watch me work a little bit. You know, I think there's some value in them seeing dad work. Following dad's footsteps. So, uh, but yeah, I took them over there and showed them Rick's stuff in the competition room, and it was really cool. Some of the some of the calls that get entered for that contest, I didn't realize this, but there's there's art pieces that I wouldn't even call like a functional call. Like some of them, like it doesn't. And one of them, I'll have to show you guys too and get this to to Dwayne so we can throw it up on the video. But it was literally a roaster turkey with a baster <laughs> as the striker. <laughs> and so this gets this is entered into the contest. Uh obviously not a functional call, but you know, it was just kind of entertaining to go around and see some of the like real art pieces that people have entered and you know, some of them are pretty uh pretty wood or you know they're painted and look really cool so it was fun yeah i was gonna go down there one day so you said you went thursday right mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna go friday meet up with rick and try to catch paul i knew paul would be super busy but at least see him for a minute or whatever but we just had too much going on didn't yeah. didn't happen but glad you got to go yep yeah i was i was hoping to get to see rick while i was there Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also Logan. Logan was going mm-hmm. at, at some point over the weekend, but he was originally going Thursday. I've changed his plan, so I didn't get to see him. But, you know, it's uh, there's the cool thing is, too, there's a ton of Go Wild members down in that area. So mm-hmm. the last few times we've gone to that show, we see a bunch of people. Um, they see you wearing Go Wild stuff and stop you. I don't think I saw anybody this year from, like, that perspective, but talked to Vakurvich for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Him and his pops were down there, so. Good times, good folks. Turkey season's here. I'm excited. Yeah. We can't forget, we were talking about, <clears throat> and you probably into, into this too, because I don't think you were here when we were talking about last week. We were try, talking about trying to do a two-day float on the Cumberland and camping somewhere along the way uh-huh. and then pulling out for Kervich's place. Yeah. So don't forget about that. We get that on the calendar. Yeah, we out. just figure out timing. Yeah. I mean, I think, obviously, they're going to have people down there turkey season and then we're all busy trying to figure out turkey season so maybe it's may tomish maybe or maybe we could do it before turkey season starts i mean the good thing about that river is it's gonna fish good all summer yeah so so you're not talking like a casting blast 
That's no. what I was thinking you were saying. You wanted to go shoot turkeys in? Hey, I don't know. Maybe. That'd be Might fun. Happen. What do you mean? There's like, a like, WMA. I thought there, yeah, I thought there was a WMA that was right there. Yeah, there was on Cumberland. Yeah. I mean, we we could. <laughs> I don't see why not. Dan's like, oh, hunting? <laughs> you got that? Do you have a hunting truck now? <laughs> I know part of the sales pitch to Amanda was... I'm going to get this because I'm going to use it for hunting a lot. So now I'm going to hold you to that. Yes, that is true. And it did come in handy on my four-day trip where I was just sleeping in the back of the truck. You know what else would have come in handy? What? Rain gear. I had rain gear. I just didn't want to get wet. I didn't want to get I out. I had rain gear, but I didn't want to get my I rain didn't want gear to, wet. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't want to be soaked for, you know, have wet clothes for the rest of the, the trip. In your defense, I have sat in the truck and pouring down rain, but there was a lot of lightning and I've waited stuff out, you know, not wanting to get out and get and wet. And this was, the forecast was like, wait two hours and it'll let up. And uh-huh. it did. So, it made all the difference. Yeah. Those deer were moving right after it stopped and you missed them. Yeah. Probably moving deer in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, yeah, that's cool. I've got your spinning rod. I still need to set up. I try to do that. I've got so much gear. It's not a spinning rod. Isn't it? The one you bought for me? Yeah. It's a baitcaster. Oh, okay. Well, that's how much gear I have. I've forgotten what I've, I've bought. Wow. Uh, I got a new gun. I got my new <laughs> bow. <laughs> this is the month for you, man. <laughs> I don't have the money to set up like the bow. I'm like, I'm going to have to wait a month or two till finances can recover to to get it um, set up and everything. Uh, I think you'd be surprised how much you can figure out yourself and do. I was looking at it, and it's like, you know, putting in the peep site and all that sort of stuff it's you need pressure presses and yeah but getting the cutting peep, arrows down getting the peep tied in cutting the arrows none of those are expensive things i don't i wouldn't go to them to set up your draw length i wouldn't go to them to no. establish your draw weight like i probably won't do that but it's probably going to hit the, the point where i can do a la carte pieces of the bow or just pay you know 20 bucks more and have them do everything. I mean, where I take my bow to, they'll do your draw weight and length and everything, like, for free. Where do you go? Um, It's called Gun World and Archery Supply in mm-hmm. Corden. I'm not going to Corden. I mean, you can go right over here to Catalog yeah. Gun Co. And if you're, if you're taking arrows in and buy another half dozen arrows from them, they're probably going to do that stuff. You know, you're yeah. paying to have a piece I mean, I was looking at their, their price list and, like, the top out. Oh, the price list was like 120 bucks for everything, for everything. So I might just do that, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too bad at all. No. You just get it all done once, and then you're ready to go. You're not restringing it. To me, that's like, that's the expensive maintenance thing that you could do. <coughs> so everything yeah. else is pretty. And then I still got to buy targets. No, you don't. What do you mean? What am I going to shoot at? Just cardboard box? We have plenty of targets, and we just go down to the archery range at lunch break. Yeah. That's true. That's a good point. Right. Don't don't let not having a target hold you back. You got at least a half dozen arrows. Uh, did I give you field points? Mm-hmm. I'm the, pretty sure I have points. an old block that I can give you too. If and you just I have like wanted to target. go shoot in your backyard, yeah. yeah, I've got a bag target you can use because I have the the dice that mm. I can shoot. He's talking about all the other home improvement stuff he's spending money on but yeah. he won't go buy a twenty dollar target well, well the that's whole, the, he, whole the reason tree. he has to do that is because the man agreed to all these other <laughs> yes, things she knows so i did the hall tree this weekend well i didn't build it we ended up buying pre-made cabinetry that we will assemble into the shape of a hall tree 
So that's off my plate. We looked at new doors. We're going to put all new doors. And then that's like. Exterior home, home. or interior doors? Interior. Upstairs. I, say, I thought you did. Our gun room. Because I made like in my gun room, I made when we moved into the house, I made a really fancy hidden door. Because it was going to be like where all the guns and gun supplies and all the in our safe, you know, all the jewelry and whatnot. So we made like one of those hidden doors where it just looks like a wall section and then you literally pull down on a painting and then the door pops open in the wall section. And I underestimated how much we'd be going in and out of that room. And I go in and out of that room multiple times a week. So that that little hidden door is getting pretty heavy use. So we're just going to put in a normal, probably a steel door. Um, and maybe like a fingerprint lock or something on it. But but twenty dollar bag targets just too much. It's just out of the price range. Those things add up. <laughs> Those things add up. I've had a lot of twenty dollar Amazon purchases uh, recently yeah. that turn into oh that just spent like six hundred dollars. I'll just bring in my bag target for you to use. Yeah. I mean it's beat up because I knew I was going to be getting a foam target at one point in time, and I shot broadheads into it just because I needed to. But it will work perfectly for what you're trying to do. Yeah, I'm excited. Excited about all the gear. Excited about getting warm again. Yeah, yeah this temperature's been weird. I mean, I enjoy it. I it knew it was going to be weird. 60 degrees tomorrow, and I woke up this morning, and it was 25 degrees. And I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, it was 18 the other day. It snowed. It was 60 when did four it snow? days ago. Saturday? We got a very light dusting Saturday. But very when it was light. coming down, it was coming down heavy. It wasn't sticking, but... I never saw it coming down heavy. Yeah, I never did either. It was coming down heavy. What, was this like one of your night this out? This is like a North Carolina thing. Like it was coming down real heavy. No, it was coming down heavy. Uh, when was it? Saturday? It came down. It started coming down. Well, it started. So I trapped. I set traps no, it was Friday. Friday. Yeah, I it set was Friday. traps Friday in the afternoon, and it started raining on me when I was out setting traps. Oh yeah, that was when and it was then, sleeting and stuff. And then Saturday morning when I went out to pull them, I had there was a very light dusting. We went out was it. Friday night. To get dinner, I think. And it was coming down pretty heavy. I had to turn on my fog lights. That's how heavy it was. Wow. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> I missed it. It only lasted like an hour. And it didn't really stick until the tail end of it. It was just melting as soon as it hit the road. But yeah, it was pretty pretty flaky. Well, Derek, trapping. You've been trapping. Yeah. I saw I got a little bit of a precursor to your outing how'd it go well i've been i've been harming the muskrats these last like month or so i've been trapping a whole lot of them um i saw you said something about sending them into fish and wildlife yeah fish and wildlife's doing like a population study on muskrats and they want the whole muskrat and i've trapped a lot this season so i've decided i can pretty much everything i trap for the rest of the season which is over in like a week it ends at the end of this month um everything all the the rest of the muskrats i trap i'm just freezing whole and they have like a whole tag you have to fill out for them with all kinds of information as far as like the kind of the direct ecosystem around the area that this muskrat was trapped from they want coordinate like gps coordinates to find out exactly where it was um all kinds of stuff like that so i have to fill out you know one of these forms for every one of these muskrats that i trap now and then i'm coordinating with somebody in frankfurt and when the season's over they'll come pick up everything i got for this study but yeah they're just looking at the health and i guess really mainly just the health of the muskrat population in the state so they're just using these whole muskrat samples they're looking at 
tissue, organ tissue, skin, all everything. Hmm. So that's what I'm doing with that. And then I got one otter on Saturday. I was setting for beavers, and I just know every time I set for beavers that there's a chance of getting otters. But I had a guy contact me. He's got like a mile-long driveway that goes over a creek, and he's got like seven or eight culvert pipes that let the allow the creek to flow through, and the beavers are just dragging sticks into these culvert pipes and kind of they're kind of damming them up but i don't think that's their intent i don't think they're trying to actually dam it i think they're just using the culvert pipes to store these sticks for like feed piles Mm. um that was the impression i was getting the kind of sticks that they're dragging into these culvert pipes and they're they're just they're not damming it up i mean beavers know how to dam things up and it's not it's like if they wanted to they would have yeah um so anyways i set traps all along these culvert pipes just trying to see if I could pull a beaver or two out of there and got out there and there's an otter, which I get one or two of them every season. And this is the first one I got this trapping season. This is a creek. Like mm-hmm. it looked, I mean, the pictures I saw, it didn't look like it was very deep either. No. Um, I think the deepest part that I was in setting traps was maybe knee deep. Um, <laughs> I asked the landowner if he did any smallmouth fishing in there and he was like a little bit. He said, you have to time it right though. Cause come summer it gets so dry. It's almost dry. That creek's, completely dry almost but hmm. um but yeah that's kind of what i've been up to since waterfowl season ended just been doing trapping, trapping. yep chasing beaver beavers muskrats otters so so the muskrat sending them into fish and wildlife do you know is that are they worried that the population's declining or i don't know what they're really looking for um i mean my what I see is probably very anecdotal, you know, but to me it seems like the muskrat population's doing just fine. Um, <coughs> I would even argue increasing. Um, they seem like they would have, you know, obviously being a government agency, they would have limited resources and they would have to pick and choose high priority things to do, you know, that, but they have a huge list of studies and animal populations they would want to do so it just surprises me that muskrat is they're putting that much effort into muskrats well i mean it it could be one of those like keystone species for something could be yeah well and i also have a feeling that this is maybe a multi-state thing Mm -hmm. um because i know federal thing speaking of paul campbell and andrew Munz, they kind of made mention a few weeks ago on their podcast that ohio department of natural resources was doing something similar um because when they kind of do their little news around the state segment in the beginning of their podcast, they were saying that if anyone's trapping muskrats, ODNR is looking for, you know, muskrats that mm. they're conducting a study. It sounded pretty much exactly like what Kentucky's doing. And I want to say I also heard that Tennessee maybe is doing something similar. Mm. Um, so I'm not so sure if this isn't like a multi-state. Might be like some federal grant money yeah. involved or something. I don't know. I don't know. But um, I'll uh, whenever I get with the biologist to drop them off, I'll ask all the questions. Speaking of fish and wildlife, licenses are new license years coming up. For Kentucky, yes. When they come out with the new licenses is when they come out with the new guidebook mm-hmm. for the year. Typically, yes. And it's probably out now. Yeah. Do we know? I never heard anything about the trail cam thing. So um, I can try to find... Um, I was talking with someone at BHA about this. There's there's actually a whole podcast dedicated to trail cams. And they very extensively hit this whole topic about what's going on in Kentucky. And I can try to find out where that is. And you should, Mr. BHA District 
nine district three president <laughs> coordinator <laughs> <laughs> director assistant to the assistant yeah manager. <laughs> but i can try to find that podcast and get it forwarded so, to you guys yep. and we can maybe even throw it in some podcast notes here or whatever but yeah they talked very extensively about that whole it topic. might it might be no news it's good news sort of thing yeah i don't know i haven't heard well and if they're if they were debating it or talking about it a couple months ago, there's yeah, a good chance it wouldn't be decided for a year or two. Next year, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for something like that to get implemented, I'm sure. Yeah, it usually takes a couple of years for all this stuff to get worked out. You know, speaking of licenses, I, I thought about this not so long ago when something came up on our show and we we trailed off elsewhere. But when I bought my North Carolina fishing license because I bought a year, mm-hmm. it's good for like year to date Tennessee's the same way. Not, you know, the hunting year. First of March or whatever ours is. Tennessee's the same way. Their license is good for, you know, a year from purchase. So when I went down there back in September for the deer and bear hunt, my license and tags and everything is still good until September. So, yeah. Well, um, I wonder if that's an out of state thing. I don't think it is. Non resident or not? I doubt it. Usually for Tennessee, I know it's not. I can't speak for North Carolina, but Tennessee, that's the way it is for For resident and non resident Mm. because. I'm going to try to get down there. I'm going to have a very busy spring, so I don't know how much I'll actually be able to dedicate to this, but I'm going to, especially since my license and tags and everything are still good, I'm going to try to get down there this spring for a couple turkey hunts. Are you going to try to do another bear hunt down there? I don't know. I haven't really started planning my coming fall and winter yet as far as what all we're going to do. I have a pretty good buddy from high school who we kept up through college and he's been living in Japan for the last two years and hasn't been able to hunt. He grew up hunting. We did a lot of hunting and fishing together when we were real young. Um, so he's been out of the game for the last two years living in Japan. And so he's, they're actually coming back in like a week. They'll be back Mm. for good. Um, so we've already got a couple of fishing trips in the books, but he's really wanting to go out West for a hunting trip. And since he's very behind the ball, he hasn't really been playing the points, um, it would be have to be something we can do over the counter. So we're trying, we're looking at our opportunities there. So hopefully another Western big game hunt this fall. Um, probably nothing too crazy. If I had to guess right now, it's probably going to be antelope. We should do an antelope hunt. It's very that, doable. That's something we should put together as a, like, let's plan it out, get three, four, five of us to go camp out. It's very doable. Very doable. I'm just say when I'm there. Yeah. I mean, we talk about doing stuff here in Kentucky, which is very easily doable and we haven't done yet. But mm-hmm. We talk about doing a lot of stuff, but trying yeah. to get four people's schedules yeah. <laughs> aligned yeah. is next to impossible, even just for a weekend fishing trip. So yeah. the earlier we get it on the books, the better. I agree. When When do you have to, when in your mind would you have to plan something like that to go on a for antelope, antelope for it, every state's going to be different. Um, Wyoming. Wyoming's kind of the big one. Um, I would need to kind of refresh myself on the regulations for Wyoming because I do believe the last two years things have started to change out there. Uh, it's kind of a death by a thousand cuts type deal. I think that they've had a couple really hard years, so the antelope populations are down a little there. Good thing about antelope, though, from what I understand, is they rebound very quickly. So as long as you have a year or two of good, you know, weather and all kinds of other things that affect their population, their 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 populations will rebound very quickly. But right now, I believe they're down 
Um, and then more and more hunting pressure is a thing as much as people do or don't want to talk about it. It is a thing. There's a huge growing interest in people going out West and tags are becoming harder to get. Um, it's just, it is what it is. Um, good or bad. Um, so I think Wyoming has made some changes when it comes to their antelope hunting. But when I went, I think you had to, they didn't have any true over the counter tags for rifle. At least I think archery did. Um, but it was, you'd have to put in, submit an application and everything like that. But it was for a lot of the units and they were still very good units that you could easily get on antelope was a hundred percent draws. Um, and I believe those applications had to be in by like the end of May or beginning of June for that season. Uh, so that would be obviously. So you want to start figuring that out. If now. you're serious about it, you would have to get all that stuff in by around that time. Yeah. Um, but then everything else you can kind of find out after the fact, as far as logistics and planning and all that. The only thing you really need to know when you put in for the application is what unit you want to draw. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably a 25 thing for me. This this It sucks, but, like, this year's spoken for as far as, like, our trip funds and what's going on family-wise at the house, stuff we got to put money into. And so I mean, I almost think we should plan, make a plan for this year that we execute next year. Like, we do all the research now mm. and think of where we want to go and whatever, and then we can be like, okay, we will execute this plan for next year. With the asterisks of... As long as they don't change the regulations. Yeah, that's always... <laughs> that's true. That's always... As soon as you start figuring it out, things change. I mean, I started to get a pretty good understanding of a few Western states, and then as soon as I start figuring it out, things change, and other things that were, you know, 100% draw odds change, and some things go from, you know, over-the-counter to now you have to have points for it. And that's true. It's It's... You have to stay current with it. And since I didn't do a Western big game hunt last year, or I guess, yeah, this last hunting season that just ended, I just did the North Dakota waterfowl trip, which kind of Western, but not big game. But I, for a year, I haven't really paid attention to or focused on a lot of that stuff and thought about it. And then here we are again. It's like, oh, no, I got to figure all this out again. So, and then don't get me wrong. I love Wyoming and I'll go to Wyoming in a heartbeat to go hunt there again. But my other thing too, and I've talked about this in multiple places, but like, I want to try to hunt every state. And if I just keep going back to Wyoming every year, that becomes harder and harder to do. It's like our fishing trip. Mm-hmm. I want this to be the last year of walleye. Let's go do another fish in another location. Yeah. I get, I get that. Although I did just, uh, last week, just cook the last of the walleye. Do you guys still have any left? I have a few no. fillets left, but not much. Mine, mine didn't last a month. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's the thing. Well, we did have a fish fry with friends over, yeah. like intentionally. I cooked up a lot of mine in one night at the firehouse. Yeah. I did a big fish fry for the guys on shift, and that, that went through a lot of it. But but that's the other thing, though. Is like I get what you're saying, Dan, but I also just love walleye. So it's like, well, I have to get more. I do, too. <clears throat> but you can buy like, it for thirty something a pound down the street. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's one of those things. Are you going after the species? Like, are we going for walleye, or are we going to hang out with friends and have a good time and mm-hmm. you know relax a little bit? Because if that for me, that's more the point is hanging out, taking some time off, doing some fishing, and I don't care what species it is, but it'd be just cool to. Because, I mean, the reality of it is, it's no offense to 
the people up there, but there's not a lot of stuff to do outside of fishing. And I mean, it's a short trip. We're not doing, we yeah. have a bunch of other time, but it'd be cool if we went somewhere that was also had some good restaurants or decent bars or decent nightlife or. I have said, and I will continue to say that we need to go chase redfish. I agree. It is more complicated though, because then you're talking one, two, three, maybe two or three guys to a boat. Um, yeah, and that's a kind of scenario. It's a, it's a bigger haul too. Oh, length of travel. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you just got to factor that in. Yeah. But. Yeah. But we got a free place to stay. I know. <laughs> to talk about Liz's aunt. So. Oh yeah, I need to talk. I need to talk to you about Florida too. Yeah, yeah I definitely. I cannot re- recommend that place enough. Yeah. So. Well, we're coming up on time, so we're going to shut her down. And I uh, appreciate you all being here and listening and following along with us. And then, obviously, we're going to be talking a lot more turkey stuff coming up. Again, reminder to go get your stuff geared up now. I've already noticed things that are starting to sell out, so don't be waiting until the last week of March to go find your stuff. Uh, get on it now. Check out gunbroker.com. See what kind of ammo deals are out there for some 12-gauge, 20-gauge, whatever you shoot. Uh, be ready for turkey season. We'll see you all next week. See ya.